0: Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our Soquel location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services.
1: Hey, church family. We have some exciting family news, but it's also bittersweet. One of the things that we believe God's called us to do is not hold on to leaders, but be a church that's willing to send our best and here at Tradewinds, formerly known as Hope and Coastlands, we believe we're called to help plant new churches. And so right now, in just a moment, you're going to get to hear from some of our great leaders that have been part of our team here with us, Chad and Jillian Wilson and real quick rewind on the background was that they were gonna plant a church before the pandemic. I was their coach through our denomination called Foursquare Multiply. And when they decided to hold off, I said, hey, why don't you guys come and be the campus pastors in Scotts Valley and give us a few years and then we'll plant you out when it's time. Well, let me tell you that God has continued to stir that desire in their heart and it's time. And so as a church, we wanna come alongside them and encourage them and support them. Some of you might even pray about moving with them, but I want you to hear from them, their heart and their vision as they share with us from Longmont, Colorado. Patriot hey, Wins Church, it's Chad and Jill. We've been pastoring in Scotts Valley for the past three years, and God has stirred in our hearts and asked us to move our family, and our friend Michelle graciously is going with us plant a church in Longmont, Colorado. And so Jill, what do we have to know about that?
2: Not much. (laughs) We are are just being obedient to what God's asking us to do and that is, like Chad said, uh, we are moving to Longmont in January to start a church and we don't really know what that looks like but we're really excited and we are just gonna keep saying yes to what God asks us to do.
1: So our family and our friend Michelle are gonna be starting and planting Purpose Church. And so we are helping people find their purpose in life. And we know as Christ followers that that is a life following Jesus. That's our macro purpose is to find and follow Jesus. And our micro purpose is to help us understand and live out the, the spiritual gifts and the design that God has in us so that we can step into the more that he's calling us to. And so we're gonna bring that passion, we're gonna bring the pancakes to Longmont, Colorado, and it's gonna be amazing. And we would love your prayer, and we would love your support, and we would love to see you before we're gone at the end of the year. We love you. Well, well you can really hear that God is speaking to them. And what a courageous step of faith for the Wilsons. But we also have an opportunity to harder with them in this endeavor of planning a new church in Longmont, Colorado, would you join us in three things? Number one, would you join us in praying for Chad and Jillian and Noah and Ava, this beautiful family that God would make a way for them? Number two, would you pray about going with them? Some of you, I know it sounds crazy, but maybe some of you here might consider praying about moving to Longmont, Colorado to be part of their launch team, and then number three, would you consider giving financially? We wanna be, as a church, we wanna be a a huge blessing to them as they step out in faith. Also, some of you might be wondering, what's happening in Scotts Valley? Well, God is so good, he's already been stirring the hearts of Tim and Nicole Coleman, who have been leading with Chris and Amy in Soquel, at our Soquel campus, Um, but God is calling them to move up to scotts valley so the cool thing is they're not leaving our church you'll still get to see them maybe some of you would want to come up and visit and maybe even praying about being a part of the scotts valley community because we know that they are very well loved and again i know this is a bittersweet transition for all of us so it's important that we talk about it pray about it and lean into the lord and trust that he is moving and doing something good thank you for being a part of our church and for taking the time to uh, with us
3: about this transition. All right, well, we, we didn't think that you, you had enough change yet as a church in these last months, so we, we thought we would just add some more to the, to the mix. Uh, well, if we haven't met, if maybe this is your first time here, uh, my name is Tim, and this is my wife Nicole, and we're the ones that Pastor Danny mentioned um, who have been called, and we want to just share with you a little bit of our heart uh, about that. And you know, it's really, it's it's kind of a bittersweet day for us, right, Nicole? I mean, we 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 walked in here for well, you. Well, you tell the story of how we you came. You you tell about.
2: I don't know about that I really don't like being up in front of people (laughs) you'll never see me up here but anyway um, yeah well I think it really starts in 2016 God moved our family from Noonan Georgia which is a suburb out of Atlanta and moved us across the country to pastor in Santa Cruz County and um That's kind of where our journey began, even with Hope Church, because um, it was about a year and a half later where um, our hopes and dreams that God had given us kind of came crashing down, and um, it was a very heartbreaking situation, um, and and so we moved out of the area even, and we were so invested in Santa Cruz County, it really broke our hearts. And so in 2019, we had an opportunity to move back. And we knew God wasn't done with us. Um, but we had a lot of healing that needed to take place. And so in 2019, we, um, we came limping in this courtyard in the, on the patio. We came limping and brokenhearted. And, um, and that might be similar to your story. It might be um, a little bit different in the details, but... Um, god began to heal us in this place and um so we want to say thank you to you for being part of that journey and um one of the very first i think i saw i thought i saw jackie but one of the first people we saw was jackie goldbach and she just like embraced our kids right away and we were all hurting are my kids as well and um, she just embraced us right away. And then what we learned as we, um, as there was space here for us to heal and grow and learn, we, we found out that the same God-given vision that he gave us um, moving across the country in 2016, it was the same vision that um, God gave Danny and Jenny um, for this church and this community and beyond. And so we were just like... We were just blown away by um, the space that was created here for us to heal under the leadership of Danny and Jenny. Um, we're just so appreciative of, of them. Um, and also, you know, I could name a lot of names um, and you're you're all in this room that have been a part of our journey, but um, I also want to just give a special thank you to Chris and Amy who have become very, very dear friends of ours. But um, yeah, it's been quite the journey, but God has healed and restored, and now calling us to something new and different. But um, yeah, we're not leaving, but you will see us a little bit less. So,
3: yeah, and in fact, we um, the plan is that every four to six weeks, as part of our teaching team, um, Nicole and I will be here, and I will teach here, and just like Chris and Danny will teach up in Scotts Valley from time to time as well, and so. What you're doing right now is you're extending part of your family up to another part of our family here in Santa Cruz County, and so h- how many of you have a story similar to what we just shared, where you walked in this courtyard, uh, maybe into pancake hour, and you just sort of you just sort of came in and you had some things in your life, you had some hurts, you had some brokenness, you had some things, yeah. And in this place, God brought that healing, brought that restoration, right? Um, And that's really the heart of what's happening here is that God is, is asking us to say yes again, right? So we said yes to come to California. We said yes to walk in this courtyard. We said yes to slowly get back into pastoral ministry in this way, and we're saying yes again. Now, here's the risk for you sitting in your seat. And I'm not teaching today. Chris is. And so I'm taking every, every, every second I talk, I'm taking uh, his message time. But here's the reality for you sitting in the chair where you're, where you're sitting right now. The risk is that you sit there and you look at some people up here who are saying yes to Jesus or even up on the screen. And, and you sort of applaud that. And then you get up and you walk out and you go about your, your life. And the reality is here that this is a season, every season, but this is a season in particular where God is asking each one of us to say yes to him inviting us into his mission. We just happen to be saying yes to go lead the Scotts Valley campus and still be a part of the greater Tradewinds team. What is he asking you to do right now? So, so don't, 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 I want to I challenge you. Don't look up here at us and be like, wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Good for them. God bless them. We hope the best for them. No, God is saying, as, as we do this, what is he asking you to do? Where is he asking you to step up? We, As we leave uh, to go up there primarily and come back here every now and then, um, there's there are needs, there are needs to be filled. And this is God's invitation to you today, through this situation, to step in and step up and take your next step to following Jesus and serving on this team and being a part of what he's doing. And so if I could do anything, this isn't really about us. It isn't even about Chad and Jill, Danny and Jenny, Chris and Amy. This is about God moving in our hearts to take our next step to say yes. Why? Because 97% of Santa Cruz County does not know the love of Jesus. So we need you. We need you to step up. Chris and Amy need you to step up. And together, we're going to watch God continue to pour out his love in this community through our church. And so, yeah, so we're just, exci- I mean, we're excited. It's bittersweet for us. Like Nicole said, these, this was a place for us and still is a place of healing for, for us as a couple and as a family as it is for you. And so let's keep leaning into that and asking God to do more. We want more. Give us more, God. Give us more. And so maybe God will call you to go to Colorado. Maybe you'll come up to Scotts Valley. Maybe you'll just simply say yes to your next step here at Soquel. And then as a family, let's see what God will do. Let this be a catalyst to more of God. And that's our hearts for all of this. So um, so speaking of God, why don't we just pray? And Chris and Amy are gonna come up and uh, they have so graciously offered to pray for us. And then, um, but also, we want to pray for them and for all of you as as uh, as we all navigate this season together. And um, Nicole Nicole said it, but um, we just we just love you guys so much, us too, just, just so much. Um, yeah. You guys know Chris and Amy, but we've we've been able to have sort of a front row seat with these guys, and um, man, we just love you guys so much. So thank you, thank you for your love for yeah. us.
4: Yeah, thank you guys too. Let's can we um, just extend our hands towards? We're gonna we're gonna put our hands on Tim and Nicole. We can't all do that, but can you just extend your hands out? And we're gonna let's just lift them up right now. And um, uh, Lord, we're just so grateful for uh, this couple and the way that you've um, brought them alongside us and uh, helped them to be a part of us, Lord. The healing work you've done in both their hearts, Lord, and. Uh, more than that, God, the, the radical call that you have placed on their life, and we just affirm that, and we just, um, we say yes with them, Lord, yes to more of what you have, Lord, yes to more challenges, more, um, more of everything, Lord, uh, more goodness, more of your goodness, Lord, and we just expand our definition of what your goodness means, because sometimes goodness means saying goodbye for a little while. But we say yes lord we say yes and we just acknowledge the uh, sacrifice and the way that they've served here lord faithfully um, and quietly and in a way that is not meant to draw attention lord but in a way that glorifies you lord and we're just so grateful for their friendship we're grateful for their service we're grateful for their heart lord i just pray that you just continue to work in them mightily lord Um, right now i just have this i kind of have this picture in my mind as i'm praying right now of um, just a uh, just a bird that's just spreading its wings, and the just however far you think those wings are going to spread, they're they're unfurling and spreading even farther, and I just I just see that as a picture of the life and the ministry that you have, Tim and Nicole, that you've had here, and that you're going to continue to have in Santa Cruz County. We all live with that daunting number: ninety-seven percent, two hundred and something thousand people here that don't yet know the saving power of Jesus and the victory in their lives, Lord, we'd live with that number. And so we just acknowledge that we need you, God. We need you. If, if we're going to do anything about that, we need you, Lord. And so I just pray for a, a new season of empowerment and the Holy Spirit and Tim and Nicole as they step in and say, yes, Lord, I just pray that they would just feel the wind in their sails. They would just feel their, their feet lifted off the ground as they go. Lord, that you would just work in them mightily and through them in everything they do, Lord. And we just thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen, and God, um, I want to pray. We want to pray right now for, for Chris and Amy as they uh, continue to lead here in SoCal. God, we thank you for their commitment, for, for their investment into this community, the, the multiple daily walks that they take through this community that nobody sees as they love and pray and talk with people. As they, as they faithfully serve each one of us. God, they've served um, all of these people here, and they've served Nicole and I in the same way. And so, God, we pray your hand a blessing on them as they lead, as they continue to lead here. God, I pray for each and every person who is here today. I pray that as you stir their hearts, that they would, that they would be moved to say yes to your calling. God, yeah. you have more for us. You have more for us. And for each person here, God, you have more. And so, Father, as we shift, as our team just shifts around in this county, we pray that you would meet us here in this place. Thank we thank you for your love. We thank you for inviting us into your mission. And, God, we, we're so grateful. Nicole and I are so thankful that we're not leaving mm-hmm. this community and so, God, we can't wait to see what God has in store for all of our campuses yeah. as we lean into what you're doing. God, thank you for blowing your wind into our sails. And it's in the name of Jesus, the resurrected, I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All
4: right. Well, I think I got five minutes left, right? All right. I think the real moral of the story here is be careful where you go to church because you might end up pastoring there someday. That's, (laughs) yeah. Uh, You know, 13 years ago, Amy and I came to the very first gathering of Hope Church. Um, Actually, the first gathering was in Danny and Jenny's living room, but we came with a guitar in hand thinking maybe we'll play some songs and uh, here we are. So, yeah. Um, This week, uh, how was your week? You have a good week? Yeah, I did too. I had maybe one of the um, uh, highlights of my life this week, and I wanted to share it with you because you're my family and my friends. And so I brought a couple pictures of it. Um, I, Amy and I, we took our kids and we flew to Las Vegas and, and we went to uh, see you two play at this venue called The Sphere. It was awesome. That's the stage right down there, that little postage stamp. It was epic. You can't see it, but there's like, I don't know, 20,000 people. I never got a count, but there's a lot of people in that room. I think, I think there's a pic, we met, uh, we met Elvis too, is there a picture of that? Um, yeah, there we go, we us all doing our Elvis impersonation, yeah. So it was, it was awesome, I, I've, been, I've always been a big U2 fan since I first got the Joshua Tree on cassette tape <laughs> in the early 90s and I listened to it over and over and wore it out on my, on my little Walkman headphones uh, when I was in high school. Huge fan, so it was like a huge highlight, and to share that with my kids was really great. Um, The, you know, I we'd never been to Las Vegas, so we flew in and then we flew out the next day. I I was jokingly saying, we didn't stay long enough. Uh, We we stayed such a short time, the devil didn't even know we were there. So, um, (laughs) that was my goal. Uh, And it, I mean, it is a place. Let me tell you, it's a scene. Yeah, I I had a couple friends. I told this friend from work, hey, I'm going. I'm, I'm I won't be there. I'm going to be out of town. I'll be in Las Vegas, and he's like, what? No, no, let me explain. Uh, so, I didn't know that was a thing. You have to explain while you're there. Um, we, so we, we flew in. We and we went to this venue. The venue is luckily walking distance. So we walked, uh, we walked through Las Vegas and uh, went to this venue, the Sphere. And we got there two hours early. I was so excited. I'm like, we have to be there early, babe. We got to be there. So we got there and they opened the doors and they let us in. Well. It was like it was like two plus hours before. I mean, YouTube plays whenever they want. Like, you know what I mean? They they just come out whenever they feel like it. So we got there and we just were there. And I was like, you know what? This isn't so bad. I should preface this by saying our family we're all a bunch of introverts. Like it, you know, we're just very. All right, let's go. And we went and we sat in our little seats. We got our little like our little cups, our little drinks, you know, and got our snacks. And we're sitting. We're like, oh, yay! This is so exciting. I was like, there's actually not that many people here. That's because nobody shows up early for concerts. Everybody comes in, like, right before. And and at some point, I was like, hey, because we were there for two hours, hey, kids, I'll take. let's go to the bathroom, let's make one trip to the restroom before the music starts and we go out. And all the people were there. And it was a lot, like, a lot of people. I forgot. I haven't been around that many people in a long time, and I forgot, like, whoo, you know, like, I was like, oh, the weight on my chest. I was like, <gasps> you know, and so many people and by the way just so many like middle-aged half-drunk white people i i I was like am i you know i'm a big fan but these people don't look like my people you know like and the steps were so steep i saw people like coming down the steps with like their third beer and almost falling so many times it's a real wonder i'm just this is a side note this has nothing to do with what i'm talking about today it's a it's a real wonder that the number one cause of death among middle-aged white people isn't just falling over. Like, I was like, over and over. I was like, that lady's going to fall and just die. They were all fine, though. Everybody was fine. And it was a great show. The music was awesome, and the, the venue was amazing. But there was a moment where I was just kind of like surrounded by 20,000 people, and like holding my kids. I was like, yikes, this is a lot, you know? And I, there was just like, I, I was fine. I was totally fine. But there was a brief moment where I just felt like, whew, I am trapped in this place, you know? Have you ever felt that, just like, trapped or powerless, you know, in some kind of situation, um, you know, I only felt that for just a brief moment, and I, you know, I kind of breathed, and I was fine, but there's there's been times in my life that are less humorous than that, where I've just felt trapped or isolated, and Jesus today um, is going to address that. He's going to talk about that a little bit. Um, we've been in this series called the. Uh, called found in the way where we're we're looking at the ways of jesus and the way we're doing it is we're reading through the sermon on the mount and we're taking our time we're going slow because it's awesome it's the best sermon ever preached ever right and so we want to approach it humbly and take our time and just go slow and and listen to the words of jesus and be changed by them but the last couple weeks in particular in the middle of this sermon jesus stops and he says here's how you should pray and he just tells us how to pray it's it's amazing This prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer because the Lord gave it to us. It begins with our Father. In fact, we're going to just take a minute and read it right now together. We'll have it up on the screen. We're going to read this prayer, and today we're going to conclude this portion by talking about the last line in the prayer. Okay, you guys ready for that? Okay, here we go. So this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. If you want to bring it up in your Bible, you can. Uh, We also have it up on the screen. Let's read it together, can we? In this manner, therefore, pray. Right, It preaches itself, it really does. But today we're going to be asking ourselves, what is the significance behind this last line that Jesus includes into the prayer? You know, if every, if every line of this prayer, and we've gone through it line by line, word by word in some cases. If every line of this prayer were like a different musical genre, this, this last line is like a punk rock song. Because it, it, it has some defiance in it. it it's, it's, don't do this to me, God. Don't do this, right? I should explain, it says, lead us not to temptation. That sounds very kind, the way it's phrased there, but temptation can mean, temptation, like it sounds, it can also mean trials and tribulations and challenges. Does anybody have any of those in their life right now? (laughs) God, don't do this to me. I don't want these challenges. Rescue me from the devil. But it's in this context then. The following line is, but God, your will. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory. In fact, Jesus Jesus wasn't all talk. He modeled this exact thing in probably the worst moment anyone could have in the garden. The night before he died, he asked two friends, just stay with me a little while. I'm struggling here. Stay with me. And they fell asleep on him. And so he prays this prayer, God, if there's any other way, God, let this cup pass from me. He knew he was going to suffer and die, but then he said, but not my way, your way, right? He modeled this for us. So here's our target today. This is what we're, this is what we're aiming for. I, normally we, we try to, we give you like the, the big idea or the point at the end, right? I'm going to give it to you right at the beginning, just to show you, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. The way of Jesus leads us into real freedom. Into real freedom. If you want to experience real freedom, the way of Jesus is the only show in town. It's the only way. It's the only way. Following Jesus... It, I want to be clear about this. Following Jesus doesn't take away our temptations or our trials, or our tribulations, or our challenges. It doesn't remove them. It places us rightly in the context of our relationship with an all-powerful creator God as we navigate those things. You know, James said in his, uh, in his book, the, the Brother of Jesus, in James chapter 1, he says this, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But in fact, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. God doesn't cause these things, but he certainly does use them. Right? You know, and often I think temptation comes when we, when we feel like we have to take matters into our own hands. Have you ever felt like that? Things are challenging. You have maybe two or three options on the table. Things are coming against you, and and the urge comes to take matters into our own hands. Let's engineer these circumstances. Because we're afraid that, that God won't provide or God won't see us through this challenging season. The way of Jesus leads us into real freedom. I'm going to say that kind of a lot today. The way of Jesus leads us into real freedom. But sometimes that freedom can be freedom from our own entitlement. Our own sense that, Well, if God's not going to do it, I'll do it, right? Nobody says that out loud, but I've thought it, like, kind of a lot, (laughs) honestly. Isn't it funny, like, the things, we we would never say certain things out loud because they sound so stupid when you say them out loud, but if you're, like, honest with yourself about your own thoughts, you you do say them up here. I I do that. If God's not going to take care of this, maybe I'll step in. How stupid, right? I need to be free of my own sense of entitlement sometimes. There's a, there's a story in Genesis where, um, where God intervenes in the life. You know, so you know Cain and Abel, right? Two brothers. Cain kills Abel. We know this story. This is the first murder uh, written into the story of the beginning of human beings. But there's a, if you haven't read this recently, you might not know. There's, there's a moment where God, he, got, he comes to Cain before this happens. It says Cain was very angry. He was He was frustrated. He was disappointed. He was facing challenges, and he was facing tough circumstances. And it says, so the Lord said to Cain, here's what he, co- he, he comes to him. He says, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fell? This is how God comes to us sometimes and engages in conversation. He asks questions he already knows the answers to. Why are you upset? Why would you do that? Because you want, you want the person to talk about it, right? Why are you angry? Why has your countenance uh, fallen he says if you do well will you not be accepted he says this this is the advice God gives to the first human being that was considering murder this is what he says and if you do if you do not well if you do not do well sin lies at the door brokenness that word sin is the Hebrew word kata it means something that could have been good but was broken apart it lies at the door and check this out Its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Here's what God didn't offer. I see you're having a hard time. Let me just change all the circumstances so it's easier for you. Let me just change all your circumstances so they'll be less challenging for you. God's help in time of need always looks like partnership. It looks like partnership. His power mixed with our consent or choice. I say this often, if you know me, you've probably heard me say this, that we make the choice and God makes the change. It's, we're, we're not, it's not within our power to change ourselves, not fundamentally. Like you can change which flavor of ice cream that, you know, you, you can say, now this is my favorite or what have you, or, you know, you can change your shirt or what have you. But, but changing yourself fundamentally, it's, it's not really within your power. It is within God's power. But he works with us he works with us we make the choice he makes the change this is hard though you know in, in some corners of the american church today if you there's some churches that you could go to and sit there's some podcasts that you could listen to right now um, where you'd get the impression that it's it's actually god's goal to give us a, a a more perfect more pleasing more pleasant life but i don't see it i don't think so I think his goal is to change us from the inside out, to transform us into his likeness, to make us more like him. And sometimes that process looks like challenges. It looks like trials. It looks like temptations. I know this far better now than I knew it before I had kids. Raising kids changes your mind about a lot of things. You know, when when your child is very small but old enough to tell you they're hungry... What happens? They go, Dad, I'm hungry. I want a peanut butter sandwich. Um, and, you know, When Andrew was four or five, he, he loved peanut butter. I want a peanut butter sandwich, Dad. Well, I would go into the kitchen and I would make it for him. I would do everything. I'd get out the bread and the peanut butter and the jelly and I'd make the whole thing and I'd you know cut the little crust off even if he liked that and you know arrange it just right and I'd put it on a little plate and I'd put it in front of him and, and all he had to do was eat. That was his only role. But as he grew older, I would invite him into the process. Dad, I'm hungry, right? If I didn't do that, here's what it would look like. An 18-year-old living in my house. A 25-year-old, dad, I'm hungry. And me in there, me in there, a sandwich. <laughs> now that actually happens. They're like, right? I, all of us right now are thinking of like that family where like, uh, you know, that, that 25-year-old's still living at home and their mom's doing laundry for him. Or maybe that's you, I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, wake up call uh, but, but, as, but, but here's the deal I, I want to lead him into a process not where he becomes completely and, and totally and utterly self sufficient but a process that teaches him partnership let's do it together now I, I, you know it would be inappropriate for me to tell a four year old go make it yourself with no tools to do so but it is appropriate for me to call a twelve year old into the kitchen and say you get out the peanut butter and you get out the jelly, and I'll get out the bread. Right? It's a process, and this is what, this is what Jesus is leading us in. I wanna jump down to, uh, Matt. we're gonna jump backwards for just a minute, Matthew chapter four, verse one. So you've probably heard the story, Jesus faced temptation in the desert, um, and he, he gets an opportunity to model for us what he's praying and leading us in praying for. Um, this is in Matthew chapter four, verse one. There's this, there's this story, and here's how the story begins. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's a really challenging sentence when you think about it. So he, just, he's, he just told us, pray, pray, God, don't lead us into temptation. Save us from the devil, right? And look at what it just says here. Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He's In this prayer, he's, engage, he's, he's giving us a, a way to engage with God, not to, not to compel God to save us from all our circumstances, but to engage with him in the process. It goes on to say, and when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he, he was hungry, as you would be, right? That's a, that's a long time without food. I highly do not recommend that you go and do that today. Uh, 40 days and 40 nights is too long without food but Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit but he was hungry he was a human and he was hungry and it says now when the tempter came to him he said if you are the son of God command that these stones become bread and he answered now you'll notice so let me give you the rhythm of this story it's very short but it has a rhythm like this there's three temptations and Jesus answers three times and all three of the times you'll notice he does it with scripture it's very, this, and I'm not saying this just because I, I love the Bible, I really do, but it, you, should, you should read the Bible a lot. You should read it a lot. Because when you're faced with challenges and circumstances and temptations, it is the best possible tool that you could have in your tool belt. There's not like a runner up either, right? It's not like, well, the Bible and then also willpower. Hard no, hard no. Read the Bible, study the Bible. Digest the Bible. Ingest the Bible. Make it a part of your life. That's just your pastor telling you you should do that, okay? So here's the rhythm. Three temptations Jesus answered with Scripture each time. Here's how he answers this temptation to eat. He said it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The way of Jesus, he's reminding us, leads to real freedom. Real freedom. Free to trust in the power of God. We're free to trust in the power of God. And part of this is when we're faced with the hunger for more power, more control. That's what what the devil is offering. Here, why don't you control your hunger? I'm going to give you some food. Just take the edge off. Power. Oh, we want power. Because we want to be in control. It's natural for us. But when we, so to combat this, what we say is, I'm going to lay down my rights in service of a greater power. I'm going to rely on God's power. You know, often temptation stems from the fear that God doesn't have our best interests at heart. But I'm telling you, he always does. He always does. Here's the second little um, temptation that comes. It says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Now, this gets a little tricky because now the devil is, gonna, is about to quote scripture. So he knows the book too. We need to know it better than him. He says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So the devil is quoting from the Psalms a prophetic picture of Jesus. But Jesus knew better. He said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The way of Jesus leads us into real Freedom. I said I was going to say that a lot, and I'm, I'm following through. It leads us into real freedom. When we're faced with a temptation to acquire our own kingdom, you know, the reason Tim and Nicole are saying yes to going to Scotts Valley is not to build their own kingdom. It's because they have in them the desire to see the kingdom of Jesus come here in Santa Cruz County. That's what it is. And, and when, we, when we say yes to doing that, we'll find that our own will begins to take a back seat. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We see the change that he does inside of us. It often comes from the vehicle of saying yes to his kingdom over our own. We we can't bring his kingdom while walking in in our old self, trying to still be in charge of our old kingdom. Often temptation comes from a desire to do things our way versus God's way so here's the, here's the question for us that naturally comes from that are, are we willing to live in such a way that is backwards to the world but right side up for god 's kingdom? are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? It can look like some hard things if you're in a uh, a relationship with another human being where and you're you're pointing towards marriage are you are you practicing a uh, uh, Healthy relations. Are you are you um, you know honoring that relationship by saving s- your the sexual component until you're, you're married? Are you doing that? Are, are do you honor God with the way that you uh, curate and spend uh, your your finances? I mean, this is a big one. I mean, I've as a pastor, I've never I've never had anyone come to me and say, "Hey, I'm really struggling with greed," but we all do, right? is we curate our finances around our own needs, you know, but but are you living a generous life? Right? Are we seeking to serve others before we are served? Are we putting others first? This is this is backwards living to the to the system of the world. This is but it's right side up for Christ's kingdom. You know, in the Christ-centered life, our allegiance is only ever pledged to the king, to the king Jesus. It's not pledged to a a flag, or a nation, or an ideology. Our allegiance is to Jesus, and that can sometimes seem backwards to the people around us. All right, here's the last little vignette, the last temptation. This is in, again, we're in Matthew chapter four. It says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, all these things I will give you, as if they were his to give, right? All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. That word in Hebrew, Satan, just means the deceiver. Away with you, the deceiver. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And then the devil left. You know, when faced with a desire for our own glory, and we, this is a desire that we have for us to be lifted up, right? We can choose to live for His glory instead. That's an option available to us every turn. You know, when we, our need for recognition or desire to be affirmed uh, comes calling, we can choose to live for His glory, to serve quietly, to serve in a way that isn't drawing attention to ourselves. You know, we we bring glory to God in ways that um, that are often unseen when we're doing it the way we're supposed to be doing it, you know? It's, it's not about standing up on a, a soapbox. It's about quietly serving every day and, and living for Jesus' kingdom. You know, and, the, and when, when the temptation comes, the desire to be affirmed, we, rec- we recognize that. We go, okay, well, this is, this is not from him, right? And it's our option to choose differently. So I was thinking what we could do right now is... Um, is do what, what Jesus modeled for us here and and pray some things that are true. So what you saw there is that in this these vignettes is that the devil would come and he would say something, oftentimes something that was a twisted version of the truth, and then Jesus would just speak truth back to him to combat that. That's a very healthy thing for us to practice. When our thoughts begin to get noisy and chaotic and we hear things that are um, if not lies, just twisted versions of the truth, speak truth back. Speak truth back.
0: We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways to, you can get connected to your hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at Lastly, We give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.